，向你准备平安。Peace be to you, brothers and sisters。咱继续思想罗马书上第二伟大嘅神奇妙救恩，这个系你嘅信息。Let's continue on in our series on the book of Romans, God's righteousness, a great God, amazing salvation。今日思想罗马书第十三章八九第十四节。And our text for this morning can be found in Romans chapter thirteen, verses eight to fourteen. Indebted to love one another. Now, Romans chapter thirteen, verses one to seven, talks about how we should submit to authorities, those who are over us. In chapter thirteen, verse seven, there there was a sentence there. Give everyone what you owe him. This word, "you owe him," is the word for everyone. You must give everyone what they owe. And this sentence can be directly translated into "you must pay off your debts." Let us not owe anybody anything. There's this very meaningful Chinese saying. Being without debt makes one free. If you don't owe anybody anything, maybe we are not very well off. But we feel very light. When you owe people money, we find it we feel very heavy. Now Solomon said, "Our King Solomon said." And in、uh, Proverbs twenty-two, verse seven, the, ru- the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. If you owe somebody money, then you become the servant of that person. So it seems like you lost your freedom as a person, and you are now a slave or a servant. So that's why Christian, we should refrain from just casually. Uh, uh, lend, loaning money from other people. Of course, there are special、uh, situations. If there are problems that suddenly arose in the family, there are people who's seriously ill. Ah, or there are business difficulties. These are extraordinary situations. But the principle that can be found in the Bible is telling us not to just casually、uh, borrow money. Because once we open our mouth to to borrow money from people, you have to think clearly. Why are we borrowing money? Is it because we want to buy a new car, or because we want to travel abroad? Or we want to to have this very grand wedding ceremony. Don't borrow money f-、uh, from people for these kind of things. These are monies that you should not be borrowing in the first place. You know, my own wedding ceremony was very simple. Because I didn't have much money. It was that simple. But I've been married for 31 years. So what's the problem in having a very simple wedding? Please remember. Marriage, wedding ceremony, is not the same. 
being a uh, marriage and the marriage marriage ceremony are two totally different things. Marriage is much more important than the ceremony itself. Because that ceremony is just for one day. But marriage lasts for a lifetime. So where do we invest in? We invest in the marriage and not in the ceremony. In the past, I have brought this thing up. If I loan people money, it's like I'm giving that money away. If you truly have the need, if I give you that amount that you need, it's not my intention to collect from you. So your relationship and my relationship, uh, our relationship between each other is never be between a lender and a lendee. Because all of us, uh, we will always remain as brothers and sisters. But uh, to, pay, to, to repay your debt, that is your responsibility. When you have the, the money, then it's truly your responsibility to pay off your debt. When my daughter uh, was studying in the uh, on her fourth year of college, she had a classmate who came from Hong Kong. On her very last year, in college, she didn't have the money to pay for her tuition. And my daughter said to me, Father, can we uh, loan her the money? And I said, of course, we will loan her the money, but she does not have to pay. So after she graduated, she went back to Hong Kong to work. After a few years, suddenly somebody came to see me. She, that uh, that uh, classmate asked one of her friends to come back to pay off her debt. It was totally unexpected. Because it was never my intention nor my uh, expectation for her to pay off but that is your responsibility that is a responsibility of every Christian we should not be owing anybody anything but the Bible went on to say there's one thing that we can and we should owe people we owe people love we should often have this feeling that we lack in loving people we need, we need to love more and more in these seven verses there are two reasons that were brought up why love should become our debt the first because love has fulfilled the law. So if you don't love people, then you owe people. The second, love is about seizing the opportunity. Because once the time has passed or the opportunity has passed, you cannot redeem it anymore. So you always have this feeling that you owe somebody. Because you don't have enough time nor enough opportunity. Let us go in depth for this. Number one, Love has fulfilled the law. Look at verses 8 to 10. Let no let no doubt uh, let no debt remain outstanding except that continuing debt to love one another for he who loves his fellow fellow man has fulfilled the law. Now, here it, uh, it 
the, the, the phrase love fulfilled the law appeared the first time. Sarki. Uh, the commandment, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not harm its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Here, the phrase love is the fulfillment of the law appeared a second time. If these three verses, the phrase love is the fulfillment of the law appeared twice. And this statement is reminding us something about something very important. It's reminding us that we are often lacking in the area of love. Because this is truly a reality. For example, in, in, uh, with regards to helping other people financially, is it possible for us to give more? When we are, uh, when, when it's with regards to our caring for other people, can we do it in a more practical way? When we are helping people who are truly lonely or alone, can we give them more time? So may the Lord help us to evaluate ourselves. And we can do more, we can do better. This is not to pressure ourselves. We don't, uh, of, uh, we don't just tell ourselves, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough. On the opposite. But instead, it should become a motivation. We can do better. You should be perfect, just like our Heavenly Father is perfect. Then we ask ourselves, how can we be perfect like our Heavenly Father? But the Bible is not telling us to be identical to God. And the Bible is telling us we should be like our Heavenly Father. Like Father, like Son. When to be like our Father, is there anything wrong about it? You know, before Jesus was uh, sold, uh, was uh, was uh, betrayed. betrayed he, he did three things. And these three things that he did is totally based from love. He washed the feet of his disciples. He instituted the Lord's Supper. And he gave a new commandment. All these three things have a lot to do with love. When he watched the feet of his disciples, he was modeling for his disciples to emulate him. Because during that time, the disciples were quarreling among themselves who among them was the leader. Nobody wants to be servant. Nobody wants to wash the feet of, other sir, of the other disciples. So that's why Jesus washed the feet of each disciple. And Jesus was teaching them to, to serve one another, to wash the feet of each other. To, to serve other people with love. And Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. 
It is for us to remember the love that we can find in the cross. And Jesus gave a new commandment to his disciples. To love one another. Only then can people know and recognize you as my sir, as my disciples. That's why love should be a trademark of Christians. Dear church. Please take note. Followers of Christ are not followers of religion. Followers of Christ are believers of faith. What is the difference? Followers of religion observe religious rites and doctrines to fulfill their faith. While the followers of Christ live out God's love and live out the life of Christ. And that is the true essence and meaning of being a Christian. In the original text, Christians means little Christ. We should live out the life of Christ for others to see. We should, uh, we should be expressing and be, be able to exhibit the love of Christ for others to feel. How does the love fulfill the law? Look at verses 9 and 10. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbors, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. One of those uh, the church leaders came to Jesus to ask Jesus about something. Among all these law commandments, which one is the most important? During that time, the Jewish people had three, uh, 613 commands. And there are 365 that they which one of these are the most important? Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your might, and all your soul. So it can be summed up into, uh, and the next is to love yourself, uh, love your others just like you love yourself. So the greatest command is to love God and love man. You know, in the most famous commandments in the Old Testament are the Ten Commandments. The first four commandments pertains to our relationship with God. Well, the last six talks about our relationship with fellow men. The first four talks about loving God. The last six talks about loving man. So if you don't, uh, if you, when we are told not to commit adultery, not to murder, not to covet, what does this pertain to? This is a command 6, 7, 8, and 10. 
所以我保罗讲是咩咧 ？So what was Paul saying？ 应该是所有嘅诫命哦，是一句话两个呀。So all these commands can be summed up in one sentence。就是听人亲就家己。To love man just like you love yourself。因为当你听这个人嘅时阵 ，When you love somebody， 你唔俾害这个人啦。You will not harm that person。你快买，你快买，唔当干念。When you are、uh, when you are told not to commit adultery, when you love other people, you will not commit adultery. Why? Because you will not harm one's self-respect and one's family. When you say do not commit murder, when you love people, you will not harm people. Why? Because you don't want to harm the life of other people. When we say do not steal, when you love people, you will not get what is not yours. Why? Because you don't want to harm other people's properties. When when you say do not covet, when you love other people, you will not covet nor seek what is not yours. Why? Because you will not take away what others have. So love will not do any harm. Love is placing others before ourselves. This is totally different from the culture of this world. Today's world is a very self-centered, egoistic world. Do what I like. It's it's. To do whatever I like. I will do whatever I feel like doing. So we often put emphasis on our freedom and our rights. And we suppress the rights of other people and their freedom. But as Christians, we shouldn't be like that. When we live, it's to live for other people. Because we look at other people as being more important than ourselves. For example, of course, when we come to church, we are requesting those who come to church to worship to wear their masks. Why do we do this? It's not for me, it's not for you, it's for other people. We are wearing the mask for the sake of other people. I know there are people whose faith is are uh, is very big. They are not afraid of COVID. So they declare that God will protect me. Who or what do I have to fear? But are you willing for the sake of other people to wear your mask? Because we're doing this for the sake of other people. Love is for other people. You have to love others just like you love yourself. The founder of Salvation Army, William Booth. William Booth is a very pious person who truly loved the Lord. When he was about eighty plus years old, and he was quite frail. There was this worldwide convention, and they invited、uh, William Booth to speak. 
当你请礼物冇当冇当我起嚟啦，冇当我起嚟啦。哇 ，William Booth was already bedridden and he couldn't attend。所以佢 send 好啲嘅带我啲嘅 telegram。So he sent a telegram to the to the big convention。即系我自己理论啊，自己理论啊。There's only one word。什么理解？ You know what's there？ Others。Others。Others。And the word is others。即系即系 William Booth 嘅罗美罗美嘅 message。This was the last message William Booth shared with the convention。你讲眼。And he was telling them that Salvation Army exists for others. We thank God. So, so may the Lord help us. Jesus said it's better to, for us to give than to receive. So, learn to become a giver instead of just receiving things. Somebody wants to share this very meaningful uh, uh, sentence. He goes, "What is joy? J O Y joy." What does the word joy mean? He goes, "J is Jesus, O is other, Y is yourself." And it and and it's they they translated the word joy to Jesus, other and yourself. If you want to truly be joyful, you should put others before yourself. You should place others before yourself. Don't just live for yourself. Because when you live for others, you will feel more sense of achievement. When you use the,、uh, the the words of the Bible, to love others just like you love yourself. Then, because love has fulfilled the law, may the Lord help us. That we owe other people a debt of love. Because we need to continue to fulfill the law that the Lord has given us. Because we know we are not yet perfected in this area. The second, he goes, "Love is about seizing the opportunity." Look at chapter thirteen, verse eleven, and do this, understanding the present time that the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than what. Uh, when we first believe, I want you to take note of the last sentence. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believe. What was Paul saying here? Is it because we are not yet saved? That we're just nearing salvation. That's not what he was saying. Paul was trying to impress upon us something very important here. This is the urgency of the hour. He's telling us about the urgency of the hour. Because Jesus is coming again. He's coming soon. That's why our time is short. That's why we have to grab hold of the time and the opportunity that we have right now. To love other people. That's why we are nearer to the end times than when we first believed. What does this mean? You have to understand. We can divide salvation into three parts. The past salvation, the present salvation, and the future salvation. When the when we talk about the past salvation, we can use one word to describe it. It's being、uh, sung, uh, justified. 
justification. Justification. This is the salvation. This is the past salvation. It's already done. Because we are already justified. The present past salvation. We use another word. We call it sanctification. So Continue, we are continuing in this process of sanctification when we talk about the future salvation we can use another word it's called glorification there are three, these three important words that we truly need to understand Justification, sanctification, and glorification. What is Paul trying to say here? Right now, because we are nearing the, the, the future uh, salvation more. When Jesus comes back, our salvation will be truly complete. Not all, only are, are we justified, not only are we sanctified, but we are now being glorified. So this present time. So that's why we have to take note of the urgency of the time that we have. It's when Jesus comes back, when we want to love other people we will not have that opportunity because Jesus is here because it's the end of all things it's the time for us to settle account with Christ there's another very meaningful Chinese saying the tree desires calm, but the wind does not stop. A child desires to provide and support, but his parents are no longer present. Of course, this is encouraging us as children to grab hold of the present time, the opportunity that we have to love our parents. Because one day, you want to respect them, you want to love them, they will no longer be here with us. The same way, before the Lord returns, we should express love for other people. We use this opportunity to love those around us. For us to fulfill the law that the Lord has given us. To love others just like we love ourselves. That's why Paul is reminding us. So we are reminded to wake up and no longer sleep. You know in the Bible, when the word sleep uh, appears, oftentimes it, it's a symbolism or, or, or it's, it's to signify that we are already dead in, in the Lord, uh, in this world. That's why he said we, less, we are resting in the bosom of the Lord. But the sleep here being is not referring to death. What does this mean? The sleep or the slumber being uh, uh, being used here is it refers to being sluggish in our life, living a life of intoxication. 
Look at First Thessalonians five six to seven. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. This is a person, this uh, sleep here refers to a person who's not living an alert life, a life who's, uh, he's living a life that's really are very wanton and very sluggish. So That's why Paul's reminding us to wake up. Because once Christ returns, we need to settle our account. Would you like the Lord to address you as somebody who's a good and faithful servant or somebody who's wicked and lazy? May the Lord help us. So after Paul made this uh, main focus statement, from verses 12 to 14, Paul here gives, gave us a very practical way on how we can love. How we can use the opportunity that is presented to us to love other people. In these three verses, from verses 12 to 14, there are three pairs of, of uh, contrasting things that were presented. If you are to explain it in English, positive side and negative side. It's uh, three pairs of positive and negatives. Things that we shouldn't do and things that we should be doing. And I believe that this is a very good teaching method. We, we cannot just use negative aspects to teach other people. We cannot just tell people not to do this or not to do that. Because it will become very legalistic. Because we will focus on the wrongs of other people. So we, it's like we have a buzzer beep every time somebody does something wrong. So it's difficult for us to love other people. And it's easy for us to point out the mistakes of other people. But we cannot just always speak in the positive. We cannot just dismiss and say, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Because it will open up uh, the, the opportunity for us to abuse God's love. It, it seems like we are giving other people a license to sin. We, we just dismiss it and say, it's okay. That's why the way the, the Bible is teaching us, it's a very balanced way. There's this positive side and there's this negative side. You cannot do this, but you, you can do this. You can do this, but you cannot do that. In these three verses, these are, three, parable. these are three illustrations or parables if you want. The first is putting on our clothes. The second is walking. And the, the process of life, the, the growth of life. The first, 
And he used the analogy of putting on clothes. Look at verse 12. So the night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put, put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Remember verse 11. Paul reminded us to wake up and no longer sleep. Do not live a very sluggish life. We need to wake up. Paul was speaking to the uh, to the congregation in the Roman church. He was talking to the Christians there. After becoming Christians, do not go back to your old life. So, dear Christians, we are living a life of repentance. That's why repentance is a lifelong process. Every day, we need to take away this filthy clothes, our filthy behavior. And instead, we put on the cloth or, or the armor of life. Uh, so put it simply when you sleep we put on our, our sleeping clothes when you wake up when you go to the office you need, do you need to change? of course of course. how can you go to the office in your pajamas? because this is not fitting that's, that's what Paul meant we, do, we need to remove our filthy cloths and put on the armor flight uh, to use our uh, with our colloquial terms today. put off uh, filthy clothes and put on holy clothes in English put off and put on in English it's to put off and then put on this is exactly what Ephesians chapter 4 verses 22 to 24 is telling us to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to put on the new self created to be like God in the true in true righteousness and holiness. So, so may the Lord help us. We need to put off our old self. And instead we put on our new self. The second analogy it's a walking analogy. Look at verse 13. Let us behave decently as as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Now, in the, it must behave. The word, the word, uh, the word here. You know, we need to take off the word behave. But there's a different translation to the word behave. If you are to look at ESV, in ESV it's uh, translated as let us walk. So it's your daily behavior, it's your daily action. What does this mean? There are two meanings. The first, from this day onward, we need to be walking in the light. No longer should we walk down this crooked path. Nor do we walk down the path of darkness. Put it simply, don't do things that are afraid of light. Forgive me for saying this. 
真歹死，好难看到嘅，种嘅代志唔能够追啦啦。If you're if you're doing things that you're you you're, you'll be embarrassed if it's exposed, then stop doing those things. 因为圣经讲一句话啊 ，The Bible's telling us， 你哋暗中所创嘅，而把啲光明里面显出来啦。Things that you do in secret in the dark will be exposed in the future. 所以加啲光明嘅里面。So that's why we need to start walking in the light. 最光明嘅代志。Do things. That are that are fitting in the light. There's a second meaning for this. The second meaning for this is to live a life worthy of our calling. Our status has already changed. We are now children of God. We are not children of this world. Do you know Paul was uh, was uh, rebuking the church of Corinthians? 你讲你嘅教会里面竟然有两种家嘅 stepmother 错嚟追太太啊 ！There's somebody, there are people in your church who married their own stepmother。你讲连无信主嘅人都唔敢呢创啊 ！Even the non-believers dare not do such a thing。即系点样讲你基督徒啊 ？What kind of a Christian is that person？ 咁样嘅信徒唔会 match 啦 ！It does not match our status。对唔住啊，你讲我。Forgive me for saying this。你嗱我创这样代志。If you do something， 有人同你讲，你咁是基督徒？ And people will remark that you aren't you a Christian. This means you don't need to be following. It means you shouldn't be doing that. Even non-Christians think it's not. It's you did something that's that's not worthy of of or something a Christian would be doing. This is because the sinful will pay it. It's not fitting for our status as a Christian to be doing this. We are, are Christians. We are little Christ. We are little Christ. We shouldn't be doing such things. <laughs> Many many years ago, more than ten years ago. We know uh, uh, April one is April fools. It's a day that we pull pranks on them. There's a person. Uh, he wrote ten letters to his good friends in England. Upper class and 名望嘅人啊 ，These are upper class people of England。即系配件简单啊。And that the content of the letter is very simple。你所创嘅大只已经 expose 啦，已经显露出来啦啦。What you have done is already exposed。签名是冇冇名啦。And what's written there is anonymous。你知啊冇 ？You know。结果佢少未沟啊。And he he did not expect this。结住你。Next day, among the ten who have received the letter, seven of them departed from England. Because they were afraid that they were truly exposed. Your church, even though we are not perfect beings, but may the Lord help us. We should not be living in darkness. What does it mean to live in darkness? Paul saying, orgies, drunkenness, sexual immorality, debauchery, dissension, and jealousy. What does this pertain to? This is the the fruit of our flesh. May the Lord help us. After becoming Christian, we need to be bearing fruits of the Spirit. We're not we're not living for the fruits of the flesh. The third analogy is the growing life analogy. Look at verse fourteen. Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about 
how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. After becoming Christians, the life of Christ is in us. But we need to live it out so that other people can see. Other people can see the life of Christ growing in us. That's why here it says to clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is like a, a, a shirt or a cloth that we wear for others to see. What does this mean? Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and to Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Our life should be improving. We should continually grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That our life will become more and more Christ-like. That we no longer conform to our sinful nature or to the fleshly nature. Because after becoming saved, because there are two competing forces or powers that, that lives in us. Which one will you obey and submit to? Look at Galatians 5.16-17 So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not uh, you do not do what you want. So may the Lord help us. Which one would you obey? Would you, uh, would you submit to the Holy Spirit or to your sinful nature? Because these are two opposing forces that are in conflict with each other. You know, Romans chapter 13 verse, verses 13 to 14 is very famous. Because there was a famous theologian who through these two verses became saved. Probably some of you might have already guessed who I'm talking about. Of course, I was, I'm referring to the very famous theologian, St. Augustine. Augustine was a very well-educated person. He was very intelligent. But he lived a very a very wicked life. So every day he would be amongst the prostitutes. So he would just satisfy and gratify his own flesh. But he was very tormented within. He knew what he was doing was wrong, but he found no strength or no way of departing from that kind of lifestyle. He said one day he with tears said to the Lord, when, when will this kind of tormented life end? Then suddenly, and there again, he heard children speaking. And the children were saying, Bring it out and read. Take it out and read. And suddenly he, he realized that uh, he went to the library that he took out, he took out the Bible. And when he opened the Bible, 
And what was what he opened to was he was captivated and fixated with these two verses. Not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And said from the day on, he became a new creation. It's like the Lord's word had pierced his heart and, and, and gave light to his darkness. And because of that moment, the world had a very famous, this very well-known and very great theologian, St. Augustine. Because from that day on, he no longer wanted to fulfill the desires of his sinful nature, but rather he followed the Holy Spirit. Dear church, let's not owe anybody anything except for the death of love. Because the, uh, the love has fulfilled all the law. But we live in a time of urgency. We need to take hold of this opportunity and this time to love other people. That's why Paul is urging us to, to love this time. Redeem the time. To redeem the time. Because this world is evil. This very uh, evil, egoistic, and self-centered world is only living for the self. May the Lord help us. We have to take hold of this time and opportunity to love people around us. And through love, bring each person into the knowledge and saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Through the reminder of Paul that we owe the other people the death of love. Because love has fulfilled all the law. Because love will not seek the harm of other people. We need to grab, grab hold of this opportunity and this time to love other people. Because we are living in a time of urgency. Because the, the return of the Lord is imminent. That we have to take hold of this opportunity right now to love each other. Especially those who have yet to know you. Through our lives, they will see the life of Christ. That we can bring each one of them into the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hear our prayers. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. Next week, let's look at Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 to Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it speaks about one message. But next week, let's look at part one. The whole chapter 14. Go and read this in advance. It's for us to be able to learn to accept each other. May the Lord help us. Let's meet again next week. God bless.